ever lived. No one knew she was here. They had forbidden her outright from coming, had forbidden her even from investigating this. But she knew it was the right thing to do, the only thing left she could do, however dangerous it might be. She reached Interlaken a few hours after midday. The town perched between Lake Briennes in the east and Lake Thun in the west, twin cobalt bowls that reflected the blade-like sharpness of the alpine sky. Looming above the town to the south, the fortress peaks of the Jungfrau, the Munk, and the Eiger, jagged brushstrokes of rock and snow. Leah found a small hotel along the Ahr, the river that connected the two great lakes and formed the town's northern border. Her first-floor room was basic but clean, table and chairs in one corner, cupboard in another. Opposite the bed, a cabinet on which sat a TV, coffee maker and kettle. Shuttered French windows opened onto a narrow balcony. Below slid the R's turquoise waters. Throwing her rucksack down on the bed, Leah returned to the door to check that it was locked. A spy hole gave her a distorted view of the deserted corridor outside. She filled the coffee maker with water and set it to brew. Pulling off her boots, she lay back on the mattress and waited for the room's heat to thaw her limbs. During the four-hour ride through the mountains, the chill October air had stolen through her leathers and frozen her skin. For the first time in her life, she was truly alone. No one within shouting distance should this plan of hers lead to disaster. Few among the remaining Hosuilatek, that hidden evolutionary branch of humanity to which she found herself bound by blood, even knew what secret the town clasped in its bosom. She wondered how long it would take before her mother and Gabriel discovered her disappearance. She wished she could reassure them of her safety, but it was too early for that, too early to tell whether she was safe. In the corner of the room, the coffee machine began to hiss. Rising from the bed, Leah reached through the net curtains and checked that the French windows, too, were locked. She unzipped her rucksack, rifling through her gear until she found the pistol she had hidden there. Leah turned it over in her hands. The Ruger was small enough to conceal on her person, but, loaded with hollow-point rounds, lethal enough to stop most threats with a single shot. She took out two spare magazines and stacked them on the bedside table. Stripping off her motorcycle leathers, she carried the gun into the suite's tiny bathroom and left it on the basin while she steamed herself in the shower until her skin flushed red with heat. Afterwards, wrapped in a bath sheet and with the pistol within easy reach, Leah poured herself a mug of coffee. Pulling a hardback book from the rucksack, she found a pen and sat at the table. The volume, bound in black leather, was her current diary. She had lost count of how many she had filled over the years, but she had written an entry every day since that afternoon, fifteen years earlier, when her mother and Yacab had burned together at Le Moulin Belle-Rose. Opening it, she reread her words from the previous day, a simple list of activities, slipping out unnoticed from the forest retreat in Cal, driving across the border into Switzerland, signing for the package that waited for her at the hotel reception in Zurich, unpacking the Ruger and its ammunition in her suite before folding herself between the bedsheets and finding sleep. Leah tapped her pen against an empty page. 
She wondered how tonight's entry would read, wondered whether there would be one. After writing a summary of her trip through the mountains, she used the phone beside the bed to call down for room service, but when the food arrived twenty minutes later, she couldn't eat it. Trepidation had shrunk her stomach, and the smells wafting from the tray threaded her with a nausea too acute to overcome. Moving to the French windows, she unlocked the shutters and pushed them open. Frigid air feathered into the room, contracting her bare skin into goosebumps. Across the Ah, the mountain peaks south of the town rose like claws from a bear's upturned paw. They really were castles of stone, monuments of colossal proportions, as if a race of giants had raised them there in supplication to an angry god. She had read about the Alps. Her backpack was stuffed with guides and maps, but little of her time spent researching this place had focused...